This is Wordfall, with historical novelist Rosanna M. White, offering our words to the Lord at the crossroads of faith, family, and fiction. The Purpose of Shame I am by no means the first person to tackle this subject, and no doubt others have done it better than me. But when I wrote the blog post, Actions, Reactions, and Being Better, I had an anonymous comment accusing me of woman shaming and blaming. Another of those phrases tossed around a lot today, and it's turned into a fad, but I think it's often misunderstood. But you know what? Part of the goal of Be Better is to know what shame is and why sometimes we need it. First, let's cover where shame is bad and where you will not find me doing it. Here's the definition of shame, the noun, according to Merriam-Webster, the writer's go-to dictionary. 1. A painful emotion caused by consciousness of guilt, shortcoming, or impropriety. That was A. B is the susceptibility to such emotion. Have you no shame? Definition 2. A condition of humiliating disgrace or disrepute, ignominy the shame of being arrested. 3a, something that brings censure or reproach. Also, something to be regretted. Pity. It's a shame we can't go. B, a cause of feeling shame. And then the verb definitions. 1. To bring shame to or disgrace. You shamed the family name. 2. To put to shame by outdoing. 3. To cause to feel shame. 4. To force by causing to feel guilty, shamed into confessing. When people today accuse others of women shaming, for example, or variations of it, they're implying that one person is forcing undeserved shame upon another, which is totally not cool. We see examples of this even in the church, when a victim is made to feel guilty or responsible for an assault or a crime, while the assailant sails by free. As someone in favor of truth and justice with capital T's and J's, that ain't cool, y'all. This often happens when the accused is in a position of power or authority, and others under their authority who have not ever been their target can't fathom that such a good person would ever do something so horrible. Therefore, the accuser slash victim must be lying. I dare say most of the time, this is completely unfair, unjust, and it results in terribly misplaced and undeserved shame. The victim, who has already suffered, now suffers more. To combat this sad trend, we've begun to see the mantra of always believe the woman when it comes to rape or abuse or harassment charges. And I understand where that's coming from. In general, most of the time, it's probably a wise stance, if it's where we start. Begin with the notion of there's something to this and investigate. But let's also keep in mind that, especially in America, you're supposed to be innocent until proven guilty. And that includes those who actually are criminals, not just those who are falsely accused. We have to be willing to extend this assumption to all, or we will not be recipients of it ourselves when we need it most. So, always believe the woman can't be the final word, just the starting place. And those who dig into an accusation are not doing anything wrong, they're simply pursuing the truth. Because statistically speaking, sometimes the victim has lied. Sometimes it's an agenda or hatred or bitterness or you name it against the accused that leads them to lob the accusations. But that's really not even what I wanted to talk about today. 
What I want to talk about is when we actually need shame. Look back at that first definition. A painful emotion caused by consciousness of guilt. Of guilt. Guilt, generally speaking, is when we feel bad for something we have done wrong. Guilt, true guilt, not a misplaced kind, is what happens when our consciences tell us we've slipped. We feel bad, and we're supposed to feel bad. Guilt is the private inner feeling. Shame is the public face of it. I might feel guilty if I forget to read my Bible one morning, but there's no public shame involved. Conversely, if I've committed a crime I really don't feel bad about, but have to face the legal consequences, there's public shame involved as I face the rest of the world. They don't always go hand in hand, but sometimes they do. So since this whole thing started with me asking myself, am I woman shaming or blaming? Let's look at that subject, which generally relates these days to sexual issues. Most of the times I've heard this phrase has to do with accusations of sexual harassment or rape, those cases in which always believe the woman has been enacted. I've been thinking about this a lot, and here's where I've landed. First, men need to bear their own responsibility, guilt, and shame for their actions. Period. For too long, our society has applauded and even idolized the ladies' man. I mean, seriously, have you seen the James Bond marathons? One reason I always hated the franchise is how ridiculous the women are portrayed. If I hear, oh, James, one more time. But while the feminist-minded modern woman will say this sort of thing is offensive, let's look at some of the best-selling stories aimed at women, shall we? Fifty Shades, anyone? What message are we really broadcasting here? Out of one side of our mouth, we're saying, I'm your equal, respect me. And out of the other, we're fantasizing about being dominated by super hot, powerful men who know what we want even when we don't. So, yeah, men bear their own blame, shame, guilt, and responsibility, or at least they should. But here is a truth we all need to understand. No one else can be counted on to love you or respect you as much as you do. So are you loving and respecting yourself? What does that even look like? Well, for starters, it looks like teaching our daughters not just that they have choices about when, where, and with whom, conception, pregnancy, abortion, adoption, family planning, career paths, whatever. It means teaching them that they have worth. And I'm not talking about the L'Oreal, you deserve to look beautiful type of worth. I'm talking real worth. You, my daughter, are so valuable. You are precious and lovable and someone to be cherished. So do you know what I have spent your life doing and will continue to do? I will protect you. Because that's what we do when something is valuable, when something has great worth. We protect it. So how do we, as women, protect ourselves? It's not just about knowing how to knee in the groin and disarm an attacker, though it doesn't hurt to know that. We protect ourselves first and foremost by valuing ourselves and letting it be known that we value ourselves. Kind of like those little signs you put up if you have a great alarm system, right? You would warn would-be burglars right away, hey, this isn't an easy target. Well, guess what? We need to send the same message to would-be sexual predators. This isn't fail-proof, just like an alarm system isn't. It might not keep real violent offenders away, but it certainly tells the random drunken party-goer that you're not an easy mark. Which brings me to point number two. 
when we protect something, we're careful where we take it. I don't know about you, but I'm not wearing my most valuable necklace in the Eiffel Tower where the pickpockets lurk. Just so I'm not taking myself to the types of parties where those sorts of abuses are common. Does wearing a low-cut shirt justify a guy for taking advantage? No, of course not. His sin rests on him. But we also can't control him. We can only control ourselves. So let's control ourselves. But instead, we've created a society that says all shame is bad because there's no reason to ever feel guilty for sexual behavior unless it violates someone else's choice. I don't believe that. We can't first strip a thing of all rules and then be amazed when it's abused. We instead need to recognize the true value in ourselves and in the bonds between us. We also need to recognize that there is a place for guilt. And when we don't honor and respect ourselves, when we violate the sacred, shame isn't misplaced. So, fine, accuse me of shaming. Sometimes I am. Because sometimes we deserve to feel shame. Sometimes we need to feel shame to remind us that there is a right and a wrong. But here's the thing. Condemning a practice doesn't mean judging an individual. I can say prostitution is bad without throwing stones at the 14-year-old girl who has been forced into it. In fact, I can say it because of her. Because of the harm done to the women, children, and even men who find themselves in it. Very few by happy circumstances. Same goes with the milder forms of sexual sin, which I do not hesitate to call sin. I can say it's wrong because I've seen how it hurts people, how it damages relationships, how it hurts our hearts, how it destroys families. We've told ourselves for decades that it doesn't hurt anyone, but it does. It hurts us. It creates a chasm between us and God. It whittles away at the idea of what true love really is, because it becomes too entwined with the physical, and ultimately, that even comes between us and our significant other. How do we change the world? Well, we start by respecting ourselves, valuing ourselves, teaching our children to do the same. And when we fail in that, the true purpose of guilt and shame is to remind us that we can and should be better. Check out rosannamwhite.com for information about me or my books and to subscribe to my newsletter. This episode of Wordfall is brought to you by Bookish Tees and Totes, bringing you t-shirt and tote bags for book lovers created by book lovers. Check out bookishteesandtotes.com to see our latest designs. Wordfall is a proud part of the White Fire Podcast Network. Please visit whitefire.tv podcast for other shows I know you'll love.